G'day winners. It is I, Lyle Swithenbank, back with another instalment of the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. A sportsethos.com presentation. Follow us on Twitter at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K. At Ethos Pelicans is the show. I opened it with G'day winners. That's because that's the circle that we're in. The Pelicans defeat the Spurs 113 to 103, a 10 point victory in game one of the play in. The ninth spot in front of a casual 18,610 people in the Smoothie King Centre. An unreal, an unreal victory against a team that had been had been hot, had, had won some good games, finished the season really strong. Had every anticipation, uh, every anticipation to, to go at, at us, to beat us. And we just decided to give them the business. 18,610 people showed up to a non-basketball city to watch a game of basketball. 9th versus 10th. We weren't meant to be here. We weren't meant to be in this situation. The Pelicans weren't meant to be playing postseason basketball. They were meant to be down the bottom. Another lottery pick uh, waiting to happen. Uh, down there with the Houstons and the OKCs and those teams that are tanking and trying to rebuild. They added all these pieces that fit clunkily together that Brandon Ingram can't stay healthy and Zion Williamson wants out. We weren't meant to be here. You can ask anyone outside of New Orleans. You can ask them. When I speak to someone about the NBA and they ask what team I support and I say, I follow the the Pelicans, they say, oh, what about that Zion? Yeah, he's overweight or he he wants to leave. He's going to go to the Knicks, hey? And that's the the day, well, every time I get asked about it, that's that's the, the story. That's the narrative. Why would he want to be in New Orleans, they ask why would he go there? Who's, who have they got? I'll tell you who they got. They got winners. They got a team of guys who want to play together, who want to grow together, who are growing together with a front office and a coaching staff that are putting a team in a position to succeed and an organization in a position to be successful and to grow and to develop and be winners. And when you add winners to a team that's on the cusp of winning, such as a CJ McCollum, you get results like these. You get people coming out of the woodwork to jump back on the team, to support them. It was, from all reports, torrential rain in New Orleans today, this evening. I saw pictures and videos and the like of people getting absolutely drenched. And stay safe if you are um, on the way home and listening to this, but you're probably home by now by the time this gets up. Uh, it didn't deter people. They came out in droves, a sellout. You can't tell me this isn't a basketball city. In the very first episode, I talked about the history of basketball in New Orleans. You can go right back. I was a nervous young fella back then, doing my best at uh, learning how to podcast. And and we talked about it. It, it, This is a city that has had basketball since basketball's been around in, in, in association forms whether that was the NBA or before, which is what it was a part of. Go and check it out. Now, 
you hear this narrative, this national narrative, and I apologise for opening this because we'll get to the game. And then you hear the people from the inside screaming outwards, screaming at the national media saying, this is a basketball city. This is a good product. This is a good team. This is a team that wants to play together. You hear these guys, you hear Antonio Daniels fighting for his life on every single one of these radio shows as he gets inundated with stupid questions by people that don't bother to do an ounce of research. And that's not a uh, attack at all of them, just some of them. We get put in situations where people have read some of these big articles and these non-local guys and, and formed a view. It's uneducated people making... No, sorry, it's educated people making uneducated comments. And this was all over ESPN, this this uh, game, or on the national TV. You could watch it. You can go and watch it again on your ESPN Plus or whatever American website you've got over there. You can go and watch it again. And you can go and see that 18,610 people were right there supporting the team. You can go on my Twitter feed and you can go and see all of the people from all over the world who are sitting there watching it from all different time zones at all different times of the day and night knowing that this is their team, that they're a part of this community, that they're a part of something so much bigger than whatever talk show talking head wants to talk about and the narrative's changing that's been the running hashtags been the running uh i suppose phrase and um you know tagline that people have been putting out about this team we're changing the narrative we continue to and by getting people to speak about it and and talk about the success of this team and having guys like cj mccollum the president of the players association Saying he wanted to be here. Guys buying in. You've got family members of Zion Williamson. You've got his stepdad saying this is where he wants to be. Brandon Ingram signs a five-year deal with no team options. This is his city. It's a game winner. He says, this is my city. There's something special here. Jonas Valanciunas. He, uh, he signs a two-year deal after a night on the town. You know, like these are, these are things... This city is special. And I'm not there. I'm I'm in Perth, Western Australia. You know that. But I've been there and I've experienced it and I know what it feels like to be a part of that place and how much fun it is and the, the, the people that are there, the different cultures and the different experiences and people from all walks of life. It's, it's not like the rest of the US. It's not at all. It's completely different and it has that us versus them mentality. And if you're in... You're a part of it. But don't ever cross them. Don't ever turn your back on someone from Louisiana or, or New Orleans because it is. And as, as it's bigger than basketball and the team has finally talked about it for years. I said, we want the team to absorb some of the city and that's what it's finally done. You've got guys on there that are great guys that wanted to... to play together, that want to win together, that are hungry, that are friends, that, you know, we've seen this culture and it extends beyond what we see on the NBA app or, or on your Bleacher Report or any of those big ones that literally talk about the Pels for five seconds and then move on with their lives because 
the Knicks uh, dumpster fire is much more exciting because they've got, I don't know, 500 million or however many people live in New York rather than, I don't know, the few hundred thousand that live in New Orleans. Or million, whatever, how many it is. I... I am so proud of this team, honestly. It is just fantastic to see. And we're going to get into the game. So, as I said at the top, 113 to 103. The Spurs were absolutely outplayed for three quarters. They had a big fight back in the start of the fourth and gave us a bit of a scare. And then Brandon Ingram took over again and decided that we're going to win the game. So, um, you know, he's built for these moments. The team's built for these moments. And and to have a guy like CJ really steering the ships, fantastic. So, what happened? Quarter by quarter, 22 to 26 in the first quarter in favour of New Orleans. Uh, came out really slow. The, Pelican, uh, the Pelicans scored two points to eight. And the Spurs were hitting threes. Devin Vassell was just getting getting off the hook. Um, and we needed to slow them down. And we kept chipping away, getting a few two-pointers. And, and um, Jose come on at the end of the quarter and hit three. There was, there was a bit going, uh, yeah, I think he did. Uh, and then there was plenty going on. We're fighting, bit of an arm wrestle. And then... We get to the second quarter. 35 to 28. The offense starts picking up. Who enters the, the fray? CJ McCollum. Goes absolutely ballistic in the second quarter. Uh, took over the game. He... Uh, I think he had 20 in the quarter and was just unreal. He um, he put the team on his back and and honestly was just so good at what he did. He was getting everything. He was hitting threes. He was creating for people. He was hitting jump shots, layups. He was doing his little uh, dancing and prancing on them. And, oh, it was unreal. Honestly, CJ McCollum was, was huge. He had 32 points tonight, team high or game high, and was... Um, he was unstoppable. And when they speak to him about it, he said, well, that's what my job is. I've been in these situations. It doesn't count as a playoff game, but had that intensity. It's postseason. And he thrived in it. Those big moments didn't overawe him where a lesser guy, absolutely it would have. For anyone else, Willie Green said it himself in the post game that he was he was nervous. He was a rookie. You know, this is his first uh, postseason experience as a head coach. It's a big deal. And when you've got guys that have been there and that won at these levels, um, play-in being one thing, playoffs and playoff victories are, are another. CJ McCollum's been there with the best of them. He's a winner. So really, um, really good to have him there. He took over and, and really drove the way, particularly with Brandon Ingram getting in some early foul trouble. There were some ghost fouls. Brandon Ingram at one point got his third foul by posting up. And uh, Trey Jones just sort of like grabbed him and it was an offensive foul on Brandon. And I still don't see where that foul was. I don't think the other refs did either. It was ridiculous. But the ghost fouls were, were bad. We went into the half um, and actually closed that quarter with Trey, Jose and also Herb, three rookies. And I tweeted it out as well and said, you know, we got these three rookies, but they've been through it. They've been in the mud, and they've fought their way out of these tough games. And if you remember right back at the start, 1 of 12, you play these young guys back then because then they have experience down the track in games like this where it matters, where in games 
back in October or November, you didn't win because you let go of the rope because you didn't know how to win. In these ones, you let the rope slack a little bit and then you just grab hold of it and give it a yank and, and take control of the game again. So that's what good winning teams do. That's what playoff teams do. They, they react to the runs and overcome them. So third quarter, we came out and we, we know we've been a good three uh, third quarter team, particularly with the lineup of CJ, Jax, Brandon, JV, and Herb. Uh, all year, we've, well, since they've been playing together, they've been really successful. I think they've won eight games of their 11 that they've played together. And we dropped 31 on them again. Ball was moving. Other guys started getting going. Uh, CJ was still solid in the second half. Brandon started getting his a bit more, which was nice. They were really looking for him to try to get him going. Uh, JV started firing up. They were feeding him. He was quiet in the first half, but all of a sudden took over. He was getting whatever he wanted. Duncan, uh, he was hitting some little middies, um, rebounding the basketball as he always does, and really started to put his uh, stamp all over it, particularly for a team that was playing Yucca Pirtle and then Zach Collins rather than Jock Lando. I don't know what happened to him. He fell out the rotation for playoffs, and uh, Zach Collins got punished. Tell you what, he got posterized to Living Daylights by Brandon. Everyone was going at him like he was a stepladder, and um, Jonas just took him to took him to work. Uh, in the final quarter, they came charging back. They did, and we, we did have a big lead. I think it was 17 or 18 points at the last change, and they came charging back, got it within seven uh, after a 16-1 to one run. We just went absolutely cold, couldn't hit a thing until we hit a bucket. I think it was Brandon forced a little layup, and it went over, crawled over the ring and got in. And we were back on from there. Brandon really just stepped up another level, took over. We end up dropping 21 to their 28. They win the last quarter. But it got us to 10 points, and that was enough. Uh, it was it was just such a good win. We saw we finished the last play of the game with uh, a Jose Steele throwing at the Herb, who just took his time and let the clock run out. And honestly, just elation. You can see it in the in the team. They were just up and about, really fantastic game uh, and a great win. Like I said, 16,000 people and change uh, out there celebrating and you could see it all over the pubs and the light. The people beforehand were having a great time. They put on so many events and everyone was just, you could just see the, the uh, community alive and buzzing, which is just fantastic to see. The team deserves it, the players deserve it, the fans deserve it, everyone does. Uh, so over at the team stats, uh, we shot 54% from the field. We went 44 of 81 to their 37 and 91. And we know Yucca Pirtle's a good offensive rebounder. Uh, lucky we were able to respond and um, not let them capitalize, shooting only a 40% and their 38% from three with 13 of them. We shot 40%, eight of 20. And I think we realized they weren't dropping quite as much as we wanted. We just started punishing them inside. We got in, we did what we wanted to do and... Uh, got him in foul trouble. In the first quarter, both DeJounte Murray and Yucca Pirtle had two fouls, and they never really got in rhythm from there. Murray got absolutely torched all game. Um, they were saying he was coming off being crook, but again, Brandon Ingram hasn't played because he had a dud hamstring. So what can you say? It's, um, it's just tough luck. The free throws are pretty even, 17 of 23, and they shot 16 of 22. 
So good on your refs for evening that up at different points because it was pretty obvious when you were doing that. Uh, the assists, we had 25 to their 19. And for a team that has very low turnovers, um, they managed to keep it to six again to our 13. But because of our ball movement, you know, you managed to hold on and, and not let them capitalize. They actually turned the 13 turnovers into 19 points off turnovers to our nine points off six. So a lot of it was because of our mistakes. And what you don't want to do is beat yourself, particularly against a team that is Greg Popovich led. You know, he can um, really draw up plays and, and control a team and control a game by simply just moving guys around and putting people in positions to succeed. And, um, uh, they, they did a very good job in getting out and transition and scoring and, and scoring off our turnovers. There were some questionable turnovers, but again, that's basketball. We got the results, so I can't complain too much. Uh, rebounding, we had 53 to their 34. Absolutely blitzed them. And I mean, you, you can just look at Jonas's uh, rebounding to, to let him kick it off, but everyone else was just really great. I mean, CJ grabbed himself six boards. I saw Herb. He got five. B.I. had five, Jax had five, Nance had eight, and Najee had five. You know, like, guys, everyone was trying to rebound, which is what you want because that's where your defensive possession ends. And by them missing tough, contested shots, we then secure the rebound and go up and run our own set. And that was really good to see. So, over at the box score, we did sort of. Well, we talked through the rebounds. Uh, points leaders were CJ McCollum. JV had 22. Brandon had 27. Uh, JV with that 22 and 14, as I said. Uh, Herb Jones had a full stat line with 12 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 5 of 7 shooting, and he was unreal. He guarded DeJounte Murray at one end and exploited him on the other end with his scoring and uh, deft touch. He was in everything. There was a fantastic play where he... Uh, cut under the screen and met DeJounte at the bucket, blocked him and then ran around and stole it off. I think it was off Bertle and uh, and then we're off at the races and it was just such a not on Herb moment. It was really fantastic and he was uh, he was great. I can't uh, can't be more proud of how Herb Jones played. Uh, Jacks had zero points, had five rebounds. Wasn't much of a factor in this, but defense on the offensive end, defensively he was great. He was chasing guys over screens. He as a seven-footer and he's chasing around wings and guys that, you know, want to use that pick and roll, he was doing it. He was battling his heart out and got a good block. Uh, he was he was solid. And I can't fault him for not scoring. Other guys were doing that. And uh, to recognize what your role was in this one, uh, he did really well. Trey Murphy in 22 minutes, 2.3 rebounds. Another guy who really battled uh, defensively. Uh, over Alvarado, 12 points, three assists. He was huge with his threes. They let him... Shoot, and he uh, took advantage of it, which you love to see. Um, Nance didn't score, but had the eight boards, and Najee came in and was an absolute wrecking ball with six points, five rebounds, two assists. He did everything he could, got to the basket, attacked DeJounte when he got the chance or any of the other uh, lengthy guards. He really wanted to uh, get downhill, which we love to see from Najee, and that's how he's been playing. So, all in all, pretty good from that. We are going to go to a break now. We'll... When we come back, we'll do our three key takeaways and preview the Clippers game, which is on Friday night, uh, game number two of the play-in for us to try to get an elusive playoff spot, uh, that eighth spot. So we'll see what happens. So I'll be back after this.
Thank you to our sponsors, mybookie.ag. When you want to do your gambling, go and check that out over there. Use the code ethos when you sign up. Third page of the sign-up page. Uh, that will give you a 100% deposit match bonus. Go and check it out, mybookie.ag, for all of your betting needs. And if you need to look your best, go and visit manscaped.com. Great place to go and get all your tools for your grooming needs. Use the code ethos20 when you sign up. Uh, not when you sign up, when you're at checkout. And that will give you 20% off and free shipping. Uh, we love a discount, so go and check that out at manscaped.com. Our daily fantasy partner at uh, Sports Ethos is thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ETHOS when you sign up. 100% deposit match bonus and two or four free game tickets. You can't get that deal anywhere else, so use that code ETHOS and enjoy your daily fantasy. There's plenty of props and the like you can do over there and probably win some cash. And finally, expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball is a website you need to check. If you want to get yourself an additional three months on a 12-month subscription with ExpressVPN, protect your identity online. You can use it Netflix or League Pass or whatever other apps you got. One click to turn it on, expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball. Tell them Lyle sent you. Now back to your regular programming. So welcome back to the Sports Ethos, New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Lyle here from sunny Perth, Western Australia. It was, weather's starting to turn a little bit actually, but uh, you get that as we move out of summer. I digress. We are going to do our three key takeaways. Takeaway number one. The city of New Orleans is a basketball city. It's had basketball as long as you could uh, imagine. As, as if there's been organised basketball, there's just about been a team in New Orleans, I'll tell you what. Um, I plugged old episodes before, but you can go back, you can do your own little uh, Google of the history of basketball in New Orleans. I think I did my references back then as well, which you can go and check. Um, and it showed tonight. The Pelicans are just the newest iteration of that basketball team, of this basketball city. Yeah, we've got football, we've got the Saints, fantastic. But we've also got the Pelicans. And this team, and the players on this team, and the organisation, and the way they're approaching this team and building an identity is very New Orleanian. I don't know what more you can say. You've got 18,610 people show up tonight in the middle of a hurricane, a thunderstorm, or, you know, torrential rain on a Wednesday night. And that says it. <laughs> and people are still showing up. Yeah, it was a big game. But it was still ninth versus 10th. I'm sure if the Knicks were there, they weren't going to get that many. I don't know. Maybe they would. Madison Square Garden. But I'm saying, if this was not a basketball city, people wouldn't show up. Atlanta looked empty. There, they were Western uh, Eastern Conference finalists last year. I don't know. But I'm sick of that narrative. And as I said at the top of the show, the narrative's changing. And New Orleans is a basketball city. You can't... Tell me that this Pels 12 movement where people are showing up and, and going to different pubs and, and places for pre-drinks and then watch parties and the like. And the newest, uh, that being said, the newest watch party has been announced for Saturday or for Friday night. Um, I think it's over on Reel's page. You can, I'll tell you right now. Um, or at the Pels 12, I think it's called. 
if you're not following that, go and do it because it is honestly where you'll get all of your New Orleans information. Yeah, it's at the Pels 12. One, two is the number at the end. Pels 12 numerically. Uh, and the watch party is on Friday, April 15th, Mid-City Yacht Club, which is at 440S St. Patrick Street. So go and check that out. Uh, that's the same place they had it the other time. Plenty of people rocked up, uh, and you can, um, you can go and treat yourself there. And get around other Pels fans, because it's New Orleans City. So... Thank you to the Pels uh, 12 for that as well. Um, now, second key takeaway. Willie Green is a great coach. He ended up getting some Coach of the Year awards. Uh, really fantastic to see him um, just take it in his stride that he's had to take on the greatest coach of all time and just beat him in perhaps his last ever game. Uh, we don't know yet. And pop in his... Uh, his uh, post-game presser said that uh, it was inappropriate to ask. He he really was um, fantastic. And and um, Willie Green, this year, you know, he's been tested. He's had moments where he looked like a rookie and other times where he looks like an ultimate professional. And one thing we can never, ever doubt is his demeanor, his passion, and his care for this. I mean, Willie Green deserves all of his flowers. He's got these guys out of the mud and turned them into a legitimate winning basketball team. Really great side and a place where guys want to play, where they're enjoying their basketball, where they don't want to leave when they're traded. That says a lot. And so key takeaway number two is that let's give Willie Green his flowers because he's he's exceeded expectations year one, more than anyone else did in the last few years. And my third key takeaway is the work is not done. We celebrate this and you know, we saw the Minnesota Timberwolves and they made into the playoffs and everyone was laughing at them for, for how much it meant to them. And it, it does mean a lot for these teams because they've battled to get there. These guys have been in the mud as well. They've been written off. The national media hammers them. Outside people just hammer them. I've hammered them. Everyone does. Um, and when you get in there, these people work hard for what they do. They work long hours. This is what they their lives are about is playing basketball and when they win they show these emotions and the one thing we need with this is that this was not our grand final we beat the we need to keep it business as usual keep the lid on we support like crazy when they're in LA and hopefully they can get that done over there we've beaten them before and we've won at the crypto.com arena plenty of times so it's important that we go and um, keep that going and Continue to grow and show out. But make sure that we keep that same workmanlike approach. Work as hard as you can to study the film. And I know the guys will. And Willie Green will keep a lid on it. But not to be overawed by the moment. I think that has to be the third key takeaway is that the work's not done. It's not done until we're holding a championship. But we've got to get there first. And we've got to get the play in for our playoffs first. So this next game is just as important as this one. And I look forward to seeing what happens. So, that being said, they're the three key takeaways. Uh, we do take on the Clippers. As I said, uh, that is a it's late hours. It's like 9 p.m. game or something over in uh, in LA, which is just ridiculous. It's 10 a.m. my time on Saturday morning on the Easter long weekend, which, I mean, I don't mind. It's nothing on. So, um, that'd be great. 
the things we've got to look out for is the other guys. We can't let Luke, guys like Luke Kennard get off or Mann or um, Morris, Reggie Jackson. We know Paul George. He's going to go and get his 25 or 30 or whatever he's going to get. We know that. You can battle as hard as you can. But the other guys need to be contained because when our other guys step up, we're unstoppable. When their other guys step up, they become really, really good as well. The stars shine the brightest in the big games, so we need another big one from CJ, JV, Brandon. All of these guys, the supporting cast have got to bring it. Road dog mentality. Go over there. Don't waste your time flying out to LA. Go and nab a victory. Send them home and... uh, Start preparing for Phoenix. So looking forward to that. Now, I think I'm going to leave it at that. We chatted for a little while now. Again, well done to the New Orleans Pelicans. Great victory. Sorry to the Spurs. Well done, fans. Well done, Pels 12. Well done, coaches, everyone else, executives, front office, all the other staff, everyone that's involved with this team, all all credit to all of you and and well done. And let's get another victory on Friday. I'm excited. I'll tell you what, if you couldn't tell. So, as always, this is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am Lyle Swithenbank. You can follow me at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. At Ethos Pelicans is the show. And we'll be back with you after then.